Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to welcome Pastor Dave Gibson on the show today. Dave is the Senior Director of Missions and Evangelism at Grace Church here in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and he will be sharing with us what it looks like to have a spiritual conversation. Pastor Dave, how are you? Great, Noah. Great to be with you. Absolutely. Pastor Dave, start us off by sharing really what you do here at Grace Church and why you have such a big heart for evangelism. Well, I've been at Grace for 33 years, came out of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, serving in Kansas City at the national office. Uh, My last role there, I was a state director in Minnesota for Mm -hmm. five years. And so I love ministries like, uh, and organizations like Uncommon Sports Group because sports ministry kind of flows in my blood. But came out of... uh, FCA, and I became the missions and evangelism pastor at Grace. Been here 33 years now, and I'm overseeing all of the missions and outreach initiatives of the church. We have 124 missionaries, 51 countries, um, been able to help by God's grace and God's provision uh, Mm -hmm. see over 100,000 churches planted around the world and working through church planting movements and church planting organizations. Incredible. So we're just, uh, yeah, we've got a pretty good reach throughout the world, and then we try to reach people across the street here, too, with the good news of Jesus and mobilize our people to share the gospel. Mission as a church is to glorify God mm-hmm. by making disciples of Jesus Christ across the street and around the world. That's awesome. That's awesome, Pastor Dave. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing, too, and I think just what I find so incredible about what you do is just how often you travel I mean, it's just, it blows me away, but I think it's, it's a great testament to the power um, of really just trusting in the Lord and His Spirit to guide wherever He leads and really uh, going to unreached areas and areas yeah. that can be challenging to share the gospel. So I, I do think that's uh, a really cool thing that you get to do and uh, an awesome part of this uh, ministry work at this, at this church. Yeah, it's, it's a awesome. big world out there, and uh, Romans fifteen twenty kind of drives my life. I make it my ambition, Paul said, to preach Christ where Christ mm-hmm. is not yet known lest we're building again on somebody else's foundation. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a joy to yeah. serve the Lord. I, I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. I, I just love yeah. love Christ so much and love mm-hmm. uh, to have the whole world come to know him. And Absolutely. So my basically, I've got a pretty simple life mission statement. My mission in life is missions. So yeah, life that. is short and hell is hot. Yes, it and is. And I want to do everything I can to prevent people from mm-hmm. going there and Live awesome. my life to depopulate hell and populate heaven for the glory of Jesus. Absolutely, Pastor Dave. It's, it's incredible, and I think, too, just I, I love even just that, that simplicity of that statement and just really living that out is something I see in you, and I see your love for Christ very evidently mm-hmm. in everything you do. So well, thank you. You definitely live it out. And Pastor Dave, you are somewhat a master of spiritual conversations. I've heard tons of just incredible stories 
uh, from you in terms of having spiritual conversations, but arguably the most difficult challenge of a spiritual conversation is actually getting one started. So share with us, how do you go about starting a spiritual conversation with somebody? Well, I think it starts with you personally. Are you prepared? Mm-hmm. And uh, preparation and evangelism. I look at First Peter 3.15. Yeah. Uh, Peter says, uh, the scriptures say, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Mm-hmm. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. That's spiritual preparation. Yeah. Always, I circle that word always, that's continuous preparation to be mm-hmm ready in season and out of season, I always be ready to give an account mm. of the hope that lies within you yet with a spirit yeah. of gentleness and respect. So that's, there's intellectual preparation to be equipped and trained. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's a relational preparation uh, to do it with a spirit of gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of people know how to share the gospel. There's a lot of great methodology out there. Mm-hmm. There's You really have to master the message, first of all, and yeah. methods can vary. Mm-hmm. A message uh, needs to stay the same and to really be gos- uh, mm-hmm. proficient in sharing yeah. the gospel message. But how do I get into a gospel conversation? It starts with prayer, really. Yeah. In Colossians 4, um, the Apostle Paul says, pray for me. Uh, be devoted to prayer, be alert in it, have an attitude of thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's three attitudes in prayer. And then uh, three things he prays for. Pray for me that God will open up a door mm. for the ministry of the word, that I can speak forth the mystery of Christ in the way I ought to speak and that I can make it clear. That's awesome. Then he says, then be wise in the way you behave towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity and let your speech be seasoned with grace mm. so you know how to respond to each person. So there's, uh, I, I, I think uh, a lot of people look at evangelism as kind of a transactional thing, but mm. I think it should be a way of life and yeah. where uh, the Bible says that Christ wants to manifest through us mm. the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Yeah. So I, 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 look, I call it building redemptive bridges with people. I look mm-hmm. at, you know, uh, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he said yeah. he sent them out like sheep amongst the wolves and mm-hmm. And uh, looking for that person of peace, I mm. I call it that one lost sheep. Every day I pray for one lost sheep. Leave the ninety nine righteous in Luke fifteen, uh, yeah. Bible says, and then go after that one yeah. lost sheep. And uh, when the, you could see when when there's an openness, uh, when Jesus met people at a point of interest, he met them mm. at points of need, identifying the needs and interests of people. Yeah. So how do I do that? And uh, I think one of the most uh, challenging things for most people in sharing the gospel is how do I get into that conversation? Mm, yeah. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, the Bible says, uh, the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. Mm. For uh, It's spiritually discerned. In, yeah. in fact, he says it's foolishness to the natural man. Mm. So I say, if you want to look like a fool, just start talking to a person, a, a natural man, or a person yeah. who doesn't know Jesus about yeah. spiritual things right away. Mm-hmm. So I want to begin at a point of natural understanding, and Jesus would always begin with the natural mm. and move it to the spiritual. Yeah. And um, so I want to get to know their story, first of all. Yeah. Uh, we are so quick to want to tell our story when they don't really even care about my story. Right. And they're not even all that concerned about God's story, but they are c- concerned about their mm. their story. Yeah. We use a little Dale Carnegie uh, training, six principles on how to win friends mm. and influence people. Take yeah. a genuine interest Definitely. in others. Smile. Use their name. Mm. Uh, be a good listener. 
and talk in terms of other people's interests. Yeah. And, and then show appreciation, do it sincerely. Yeah. You know, so. Jesus asked 300, over 300 questions in the Gospels. Wow. And uh, he only answered three of them. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think that. we ought to get to know their story mm-hmm. first of all. So we've got a three life story approach, their story, then earn the right to share my mm-hmm. story, what Christ has done in my life, and then lead to the gospel story, mm-hmm. God's story. Yeah. So the begin with their story and um, <clears throat> call it build, mm-hmm. building a bridge from your heart to their heart yeah. that Jesus could walk across and yeah. touch their lives. Look for the natural opportunities Mm -hmm. to share Christ. Yeah, that's awesome, Pastor Dave. And I think you hit on a couple of really important things. First one is prayer. I know you guys use an acronym here, B-O-B, Bob. Pray for burden, pray for opportunities, and then pray for boldness to share. Mm -hmm. I think that's an incredible kind of a strategy. I I try to use it myself uh, sometimes. I think it, it really does just put you in a place of submitting your days and your time to God, that if he was to bring somebody across, that you would put aside some time to share it. Right. Um, so I think that's a huge part of, of finding people to share with, is, is praying that God brings somebody, a person of peace, as you mentioned, across the table. So yeah, that's, that's that, awesome. that Bob uh, acronym the Lord gave me quite a while ago, and yeah. just, I think we've lost the burden. And, and Absolutely. And the, the, do I really even care, you know, Jesus... Say, Lord, would you? It bothers me that I'm not more bothered about the things that really bother the Lord. And he, mm. he's really bothered about lost people. Yeah. He's concerned. He saw the multitudes. He was yeah. moved with compassion. Absolutely. Paul says in Romans nine, he says, "I, I have deep anguish mm. in my soul for my countrymen." In fact, he mm. said, "I wished I, I would be accursed if it meant the salvation of my countrymen." Wow. And uh, to have that real, say, Lord, would you give me a burden? And if you don't have that burden, ask the Lord to give it to you. Yeah. And uh, ask him to break your heart. And then uh, pray for the open doors, as yeah. I just mentioned there in Colossians 4, 3. Absolutely. Pray for the open door. And then uh, the boldness piece in Ephesians six nineteen, Paul says, pray for me. Here you have the greatest missionary of all time. And he yeah. said, pray for me <laughs> yeah. that uh, whenever I open my mouth, mm. my mouth, the words will be given to me that I can fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, mm-hmm. that I might boldly proclaim it as I should. Yeah. Pastor so, Dave, yeah, that's such a tremendous takeaway. And I think what, you know, really does bother me is that I don't have a bigger burden than I do. Um, I think that's true for many of us, especially I think living in the country we do where, you know, a lot of the concerns that we have raised to understand, um, having a job, making enough money, those things don't relate to eternity. So having to almost mm-hmm. transform our minds into what, really matters, I think, mm. can be a challenge. But it is very important, and so that's mm. a great thing to pray for. So, it really uh, comes from a vital walk with Jesus, too. And you don't have mm. to be a spiritual giant to be yeah. an effective witness for Christ, but Absolutely. what do I have going on in my heart? Jesus said in Luke six forty four to 46, he says, the good man mm. out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. Yeah. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for your yeah. mouth will speak from that which fills your heart. Yeah. So I want my heart to be so full of the Holy Spirit and uh, mm-hmm. Jesus will stick out of my life. Yeah. There's a story of a little girl came home from Sunday school once and uh, said to her father, how, Daddy, how big was Jesus? And he said, well, he's probably a pretty good-sized guy. He was a carpenter. <laughs> and, yeah. and she said, well, Daddy, if uh, Jesus is that big and I'm this little, <laughs> and Jesus comes into my heart, won't he stick out? That's and uh, Dad said, yeah, honey, 
when Jesus comes into your heart, he should stick out. So yeah. we, we want to pe- people to see Jesus in us, the fruit of the Spirit being on display. And, yeah, and, that's awesome. That's, yeah. A, that's a great story. I do yeah. think that's that's so true. If, if we're walking in the flesh, it can be a, a challenge to really feel a burden and, and to have Christ shine in our lives. But mm-hmm. if we're walking in the Spirit and we're focused on what he desires, and it, I think it'll be something that will come out naturally is that mm-hmm. burden. So Man. I appreciate you sharing Pastor Dave, you really hit on another really important aspect of a spiritual conversation. It's really caring for the other person in their life and really hearing their story. And one acronym you guys use here at Grace Church is the Share Life acronym. Would you mind just kind of sharing with us you know, what that is and why it's so helpful? Yeah, I ca- people kind of give me a hard time about all my acronyms, <laughs> Bob and Share. And, I love it. But it, it's memorable. I love it. And uh it's how do you move a conversation from the secular to the spiritual, mm-hmm. the familiar to the unfamiliar. Yeah. And so uh, I don't look like a fool when I come to the natural man and just start <laughs> dropping gospel grenades yeah. on them. And, yeah. And uh, so I, I start with S S H A R E S is secular mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Or superficial or uh, kind of on the surface questions. Totally. Uh, jobs, hobbies, interests. Mm. I was just on a plane coming back from Egypt here this past week, sitting down with John, and he's the CEO of a corporation, and and I got to know him. He lives out on Lake Minnetonka, and he's got all. So yeah. I got to know his background. He's an athlete, and so we, there's a lot of connecting points, and yeah. just really developing that comfort level in mm-hmm. conversation. So begin with the jobs, hobbies, interests. H is home life. Yeah. So that's relationships. Are you married? Do you have a family? Mm. Uh, getting a little more personal about their relational yeah. uh, background. And then A is attitudes, um, feelings questions. Do, yeah. you li- do you like what you're doing? Uh, are you happy with your work? Do you, you know, people are really hurting out there. I'm just mm. amazed. I've had people just pour out their hearts to me, and I don't wow. even know them. Wow. And you can do this uh, with people that you know, too. But really getting down to, you know, really how totally. are you feeling? Totally. And R is religion. Mm. I ask a question, do you go to church? Do you have any kind of uh, religious background? Mm-hmm. And uh, why or why not? And yeah. you can tell a lot about a person uh, just by what, just a kind of a trial balloon. And then I'll ask for permission to get real personal. And that's, E is eternal life. It's a spiritual question. Do you mm-hmm. mind if I ask you a real personal question? Yeah. And that precludes the objection that I'm forcing it on them. Yeah. But I ask the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom <clears throat> when to stop, S-H-A-R-E. And yeah. um question like, uh, um, if you died today, do you know for certain you'd go to heaven, mm-hmm. have eternal life? Yeah. Do you think there's an afterlife? Do you believe yeah. in God? Uh, where? How would you describe uh, your spiritual journey right now? Do you yeah. have anything going on in your spiritual life? That's a question I like to ask people. Yeah. It's really and, a question. And, uh, the two diagnostic questions that evangelism <clears throat> explosion uh, mm. has a really good uh, if you die today do you know for certain you'd go to heaven and have eternal life and yeah. and if you did die today and you stood before god he said to you why should i let you into my heaven what would you say to him and uh they're yeah. kind of what they call diagnostic questions just to kind of get a, a read mm. on where they're coming from spiritually yeah yeah pastor dave i love the share acronym i think it is so useful to really navigate through you know how do you because the hardest thing is how do you reach that to your point such a deep part of somebody's life i mean Mm -hmm. you can always you know ask you know how's how's your job how's you know did you watch the game yesterday i mean those things are easy but when it gets down to what you mentioned the eternal questions 
I mean, it can be a very fearful thing to do, but it can mm-hmm. also be something that, to your point, could offend somebody, could make them feel uncomfortable, could make them kind of leave the conversation. And so I thought, I love that you ask people, you know, can I you know, get really personal? I think that's really awesome. But I think even just those, those diagnostic questions are so important and it mm-hmm. reveals so much. I had a guest on the podcast back in the fall. He was the uh, Buccaneers chaplain, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers chaplain for 20 years, currently in Athletes in Action Pro Ministry. And he <clears throat> grew up in the church and, you know, was kind of just lukewarm with it, wasn't really you know, as involved. And he played at, at Auburn for uh, the baseball team there. And two of his teammates asked those exact questions to him. Mm-hmm. And at first he shared on the podcast, he was mad and was frustrated. Like, you know, why are you asking me these questions? But later uh, came to Christ because he mm-hmm. realized, I, I don't I don't trust in Jesus. I need to. Um, and so those can be very powerful and obviously um, for, for my guest in the fall, it changed his life. So I appreciate you sharing, Pastor Dave. <clears throat> I think this acronym is a really, really useful tool, and I would recommend for our listeners to even just practice it, like in your mirror. Practice it as you're kind of driving. Think through how would you, you know, walk through a conversation. I've done that before. You just, like, kind of process a scenario, and it helps prepare you for, yeah. the, for the real thing. So Every Uber drive, I've, I'm, I'm hitting 100%. I've never had a, a Uber driver say That's you. awesome. But I'll, I'll spend, I look at, like, I'm going to the airport. I've mm-hmm. got a 20-minute ride. I'll say, yep. well, the first 10 minutes, I'm going to get to know their story. Yeah. And I'll walk them right through the share process. People, it's not a formula. It's not a right. rote uh, set yep. of questions, but it's just really a thought process of moving from the mm-hmm. secular to the spiritual. Yeah. And ask the Lord to give you wisdom when to stop. And then mm-hmm. ask for permission. Do you mind if I share my story with you? Yeah. And you've earned the right to be heard. And, and most cool. people will say, sure, I'd love to hear it. And yeah. So I'll go from their story to my story and mm-hmm. then start to share about the best news of God's story. That's Good news cool. of Jesus. I yeah. love that. 100% of Uber rats. I think that's even yeah. a challenge for all of us, right? I mean, how many times are we in Ubers or in airplanes? <clears throat> Excuse me, but I, th- I do think... Man, I, I love that. And I think it's a challenge. I mean, I think about the, the, the amount of Uber rides I've been in when I haven't shared. I, mm-hmm. I think you just, you really, we miss a lot of opportunities. So I, I think it's a great testament. And I carry a My Story track with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Every day I, I'll load up my pockets and, yeah. and uh, it's a little testimonial track that we've developed that has your own mm-hmm. personal testimony written yeah. out in 500 words. and. And uh, I'll leave it with them after I shared my story so with them. Cool. And then in the back, it's got the story of the whole Bible on one page. Yeah. The gospel acronym, so G-O-S-P-E-L, God yeah. created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sins mm. can't be removed by good works. Yeah. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in him alone will have eternal life. And that life with Jesus starts now and lasts mm. forever. And yeah. get some scriptures there and unpack the gospel for them. And yeah, yeah it's it's amazing. and. I've I've found, Noah, that uh, there's a lot more people willing to hear the gospel than people willing willing to herald the gospel. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, we need to be more bold in in sharing. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent I think it really, for a lot of people, including myself, and I think this is why I feel comfortable speaking on this part of it, is it comes from a place of fear, oftentimes of. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they reject me? What if they think I'm weird? What if I don't say it right? And what I'd encourage the, the listeners is, you know, honestly, like, you can't really say it wrong. If you know the gospel, you know the gospel. Right. I guess you could say it wrong, but if you truly know the gospel of, of, of the Bible, it's, it's simple. Right. It's meant to be simple. And 
I, I wouldn't worry about rejection. I wouldn't worry about them thinking of you in a certain way. Um, I think if you you weigh out the risk reward part of it, I mean the reward is far greater mm. than, than the risk, and so. Well, you think of the blind man in the Gospels that was healed by Jesus, and yeah. they're asking him all of these in-depth yeah. life and spiritual questions, and he says, "All I, I don't know. All I know is once <laughs> I was blind, now I see." Yeah, we all have a testimony. Totally, and we can speak well of the Lord Jesus. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know all the mm. verses, and absolutely know all the apologetic uh, approaches right. to. And, and the yeah. truth of the matter is, people yeah. tend to not ask all those in-depth questions. If right. they do, you just say, I'm sorry, I don't know, I'll check that one, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Let me research it and I'll get back to you. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That, that is a good point too. I, I think I fall into that trap of, I have to know everything, or right. I have to know every aspect of, of you know the apologetics world or the theology world, and, and man, it's, you just can't. Even if you mm-hmm. wanted to, you, you couldn't. So you just share the gospel, allow the spirit to move, trust that it will, and mm-hmm. the best we can do. You know, that in that First Peter 3 passage that I alluded to earlier, mm. always being ready to give an account. Yeah. Uh, that's a, uh, the word in there is apologia. It's where we get the word apologetics. I didn't know that. That's where awesome. we, uh, we need to, it, you know, there is a point if we know in the Lord for a period of mm. time to, he says, study to show yourselves approved. Yeah, absolutely. Unto God, workmen who aren't ashamed, mm. rightly dividing the word of truth. So yeah. read some good books out there. And uh, Paul Little's got one, Know Why You Believe, mm. Know What You Believe. Yeah. And, uh evidence that demands a verdict so <clears throat> it's helpful to know it is to study but uh, don't feel like you've got to be a master apologist to yeah. to be a, an effective witness for christ so true i'll give one more book recommendation if you don't mind but frank turek is a, a christian apologist mm. really Brilliant. solid he's got a book with um norman geisler it's titled i don't have enough faith to be an atheist and they go through four really good points they first prove can there be truth? And they dive into it. if something can be true, if there's one truth, then that leads to can God be be real? And they go into the fact that God is real. And then can miracles be true? And they kind of dive into, you know, are miracles possible? Can we, you know, experience miracles? And then lastly, is the resurrection true? And they go through why the resurrection is true. And at the end, they, the conclusion is if those four questions are yes, then, then God is real and Jesus is real. So, it's really good. It's great, really good. great book. I'd yeah. recommend it for, for our listeners if you want to get a pretty – basic overview of apologetics it's one of the clearest um, books i've read so Mm, most definitely other one larry moody and uh uh, i forgot he co-authored it with uh, he's with search Mm. ministries he yeah book called i'm glad you asked that and (laughs) and how to answer some of the basic questions that people are asking out there you know there's an uh, old bumper sticker if jesus is the answer then what are the questions and Mm. just uh sometimes we're answering questions people aren't even asking but yeah. to really know how to address those things. And yeah. and uh, I think awesome. part of it, too, is being proficient and knowing how to share the gospel. Absolutely. And, and pre- present it clearly. Yeah. No, that's, that's very mm-hmm. true. And I think if you're listening and you are unsure you know, exactly what the gospel is, I'd, I'd recommend really taking a deep dive into that. Because it mm-hmm. it's important. If we don't know how to display that well, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a knock on you like you're a bad Christian or anything. But it is something to to really understand and know well, uh, because that story applies to us, but it also applies to those that we're sharing it with. Mm-hmm. So most definitely, Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave, one thing, it's, it's interesting. We often limit ourselves to only having spiritual conversations in certain unique settings, like a mission trip or an outreach event with church. But outside of that, we're kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I want to, in the Uber car or whatever it might be. So share with us, what are some of the easiest places? You mentioned Uber rides, but what are some other spots that we can really just kind of dive into spiritual conversations? 
Well, I, I encourage people not to look at it as going and witnessing. You just witness as you go. You look at a Jesus mm-hmm. lifestyle, yeah. and uh, he just met people right where they were and uh, met people at a points, of in, points of interest, points mm-hmm. of need, yeah. and being sensitive to people around you. Um, I, I, when I go to a store, I always like to carry a, We've got a little uh, one-minute-to-witness mm. uh, technique that we yeah. teach people and ask people if they've got a minute. If I'm at a restaurant, I pray for servers. Uh, awesome. I'll always pray for a server. Say, hey, we're going to pray for the food. Is there something we can pray for you about? Wow. And uh, sometimes they'll talk about world world peace or some kind <laughs> of crazy thing just to yeah. avoid the question. But right. uh, I've, had, I've had multiple servers come to Christ. Wow. had a fellow once... Uh, said he was filled with anger and rage. His name was Jason. I said, Jason, we're going to pray for the food. Uh, what's going on in your life that we can pray for? And he says, I'm just, I've got this uh, anger and rage problem. Wow. It was toxic. And uh, hmm. and he came back, and I said, well, we'll pray for you. And I said, hey, Jason, if you could, if I could share with you how you could get a handle on your anger and rage, would you be open to talking about that? And he said, I'd love to. Wow. And I said, I used to have that toxic stuff really stirring in my soul. Hmm. I think we all do. Yeah. And I said, you know, God did something in my life. He filled me with love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mm. faithfulness, self-control. Yeah. And you know what that is? I said it's it's called the fruit of the Spirit, mm. and that you can actually have that Spirit within you mm. through a, a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we exchanged numbers and wow. got together at Dunn Brothers a couple yeah. weeks later. Wow. He came into the Dunn Brothers and was all, he had just had a road rage incident. He, oh, says, man. he says, man, Dave, this stuff is just killing me. He wanted yeah. to kill the guy on a, in a road rage incident. And no. I said, well, tell me your story, Jason. Yeah. So I just sat and listened. He'd been in prison, all kinds of stuff going on in his mm-hmm. life. Ch- children out of wedlock and drugs and alcohol and yeah. just filled with... Uh, the deeds of the flesh, which are obvious, disputes, dissensions, outbursts of anger, and all mm-hmm. the stuff that just Absolutely. eats us up. Well, and I said, do you mind if I share my story? I shared my testimony, mm. shared the gospel, and Jason yeah. prayed to receive Christ. Wow. And uh, it all starts out with that, just that little mm. piece of prayer at the, at the lunch table. And yeah. Then when they come back, I'll often say, I know you're busier than a one-armed paper hanger, and uh, <laughs> I want to be sensitive to your time, yeah. but when you've got a minute, I'd like mm. to share something with you that, that changed my life. Yeah. So if I'm walking through a, I've done this at Home Depot, I've done it at Costco, I've done it wherever I go, I ask people if they've got a minute. I'll just be talking to them during the checkout line, getting to yeah. know their story, how's your life, how's it going, right. anything happening. In your life. And they'll ask if I can pray for them. I think prayer is a good way to, to lead it's a window Absolutely. in a person's soul yeah you can kind of tell if they they stiff arm you and if the mm. door isn't open there uh, you know when there's an open door you don't have to kick it down you don't Very have true. to have a special key and when paul says pray for me that god will open up a door so i just look for those open doors of opportunity mm-hmm. natural opportunities yeah. so i'll do it at gas stations i'm just kind of crazy that way i mean <laughs> but then i That's ask awesome. people if they've got a minute there's a time in my life when Blank, blank, what was missing? Yeah. We actually teach people in our class how to do this for just a, to share Christ, your testimony yeah. in a minute. Wow. And uh, then someone shared a message with me that <clears throat> changed my life. And mm-hmm. just real quickly, 20 seconds to present the gospel. Yeah. And then here, this is what Christ has done in my life. 
changed my life. Mm. And my life's not perfect, but he filled that emptiness and gave me a peace and a sense of purpose and confidence of where I'm going to spend eternity. Yeah. So mine is, uh, there's a time in my life where I was look, trying to answer two of life's most important questions. What's my purpose in life? Where will I spend eternity? Mm-hmm. I really couldn't figure it out. I was trying to find the answers through sports. Good buddy of mine committed suicide. Wow. 17 years old, captain in all three of my sports. Mm. And that really got me thinking, what's... What's my purpose in life? Where would I spend yeah. eternity? Guy asked me if I'd die today, if I'd go to heaven, have eternal life, and I couldn't answer it. Mm. I usually get a little beyond a minute. <laughs> and then I said, and someone Same. shared with me how to not be religious, but how to have a relation. I was totally disillusioned with church and organized mm. religion. And the guy told me not how to be religious, but how to have a relationship with the living yeah. God through his son, Jesus. And, mm. and I basically walked quickly through the gospel, and, and here's what awesome. Christ has done in my life. And... Uh, yeah. Totally transform my life. Do you have a story like that? And they'll say, well, yes. And I say, well, how'd that happen? Mm. And people don't have a story like that. They haven't had an encounter with Christ. Yeah. And it really, oftentimes I won't have a chance to unpack it, but I'll have right. that little My Story track with me. I hand it to him. I said, hey, read this when you get a break today. And mm. read yeah. it with an open mind and open heart. And on the back, there's some scriptures and some a plan of salvation, how you can come to know Christ wow. personally. So. so so, awesome, Pastor Dave, and I think... I like to <clears throat> scatter the seed broadly, yeah. you know. Oh, absolutely. I think it's awesome. I think it's something that we should all be doing, and I, mm. and I really think I, I've always been, I mean, since I first met you, I mean, almost a year ago at this point, I just have always been blown away by how just on fire you are to share mm. the gospel, and mm. it's it's a good challenge for, for me, for the listeners of, you know, are we making those decisions? And I, I will know too, we actually do, I think we have the Pastor Dave uh, Evangelism Program at USG. We do train all of our impact weekend participants on how to share their, mm. their testimony in one minute. So mm, That's great. <clears throat> it is a really cool Well, you know, thing. Evangelism 101 in the early church, you know, how the, uh, Evangelism 101, you just took your hand away from their mouth. Yeah, they said we can't. Disciples said we can't stop talking mm-hmm. about that which we've seen and we've yeah. heard. You know, when the Lord is really stirring in your heart, I'm gifted that way. Most a lot of people aren't. So yeah. you just function in your area of gifting. There's three approaches to, that we teach. There's proclamation yeah. evangelism, where you've got the evangelist like a Billy Graham or a Luis Palau yep. type. Yep. Um, then you've got. Uh, contact evangelism that's mm-hmm. c- coming into contact with people you don't know yeah. and trying to build redemptive bridges with them to yep. love i say lovingly and appropriately sharing jesus christ with them yeah i think that's i, right, I always want to set up the next person yeah <laughs> i don't want right. to shut the door on the next person so right. there's one plants and another waters and then the lord will bring forth the increase Absolutely. then there's relational evangelism mm. Those are people in your relational network, biological, geographical, recreational, vocational relationships, people you're, you're related to, people you live near, yeah. people you work with or go to school with, mm. and then people you recreate with. Yeah. And uh, identify those people. <clears throat> we encourage people to get their my five, five mm. people in who are yeah. close to you but far Super from good. God, and then start praying and then develop a prayer and a care and a share strategy. Super good. Uh, my next door neighbor still hasn't come to the Lord, and we've lived next to him for 19 years. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a good reminder that salvation is from the Lord. It's not yeah, about absolutely. me, and I've shared Christ with him. And, yeah. But uh, pray for them, care for them, and then look for opportunities to naturally share Christ with them. 
man, it's it's one of those things too where you you really have to understand what kind of positions God has put you in. I think mm-hmm. about that all the time. Of you know, I saw a quote once on social media. Paul Washer, a great pastor, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. He really just unpacked. I can't remember the quote exactly, but essentially what he said in the quote was. You have been placed in, in a family with a group of friends in a, in a job setting for a reason. And mm-hmm. the reason is to impact those people for Christ. So whether that is, I mean, you're running around and, and you're talking to every person for the gospel or you're building a long-term relationship. I've heard of short-term uh, game or play the long game of, you know, sometimes you have people um, at your apartment building that you see daily that you can kind of over time slowly weave in your faith, slowly understand their story and kind of do it over a period of time. And maybe it's somebody like at the gas station and it's like one minute mm-hmm. and it's really just dependent on the situation. But also, like I said, understand where God has placed you, the situations he's put you in. And um, I think take advantage of those, even yeah. your own family. I Like, man, that's an opportunity right there. Well, start praying for them and develop a list. Uh, yeah, We had Carter Coughlin here recently. He's a middle linebacker for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Spoke at a rise with the guys just a couple of weekends ago. We had 4,000 men here and Carter's yeah. just on fire for the Lord. And he's got, he's playing for the New, New York Giants and that's he's awesome. taking the roster and praying for each one of the guys wow. on the roster, looking for a natural opportunity to share Christ with them. When I was going to college, I worked at this factory, and mm. and I'd pray for every one of the guys. It was a big paper mill and print, printing company. Yeah. And I prayed for every guy that I worked with during the course of the summer that the Lord would give me a natural opportunity to share Christ. When I was playing college football, I prayed yeah. for my whole football team wow. that during the course of the year I'd have a natural opportunity mm. to share Jesus with them. Yeah. But uh, cool story. I, I got stuck on this one shift at the factory. And uh, guys were a bunch of tough, tough guys. He came oh, driving man. the Harley Davidsons and the oh, yeah. l- black leather coats, did drugs and liked to fight and cuss. And right. I said, oh, that was the shift I was trying to avoid each year. And I said, Lord, it's going to be a long summer. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of <laughs> reluctantly went into the, when I saw the assignment, that I, mm-hmm. my work assignment that summer. And, and uh, so I came in, it was Frank Lewandowski's shift. And I said, God, you're, if it's going to happen, you're going to have to do it. Well, I'm working, yeah. and this guy, we're working in a tandem. First week yeah. I was there, this guy named Charlie says, hey, Gibson, you look like you like your scotch. And I said, well, what does that look like? And I said, I, said, I, I don't drink and wasn't trying to be self-righteous or anything. Right. And the Lord had taken that out of my life. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you must get high then. And I said, well, I don't do that either. And he said, well, tell me about the college women. You know, being a college football player, yeah. um, tell me about that. That wasn't exactly how he described it, but I, uh, I said, well, I don't do that anyway either. And he says, man, you don't get drunk. You don't get high. You don't mess around to kind of paraphrase him a little bit. Right. He says, what turns you on anyways? <laughs> After many yeah. years of evangelism training, I perceived that it might be a witnessing opportunity. So yeah. I, so I started sharing my testimony with him, what Christ wow. had done in my life. And he didn't get all excited about it, but I was kind of fired up. The Lord already, you start Super praying. Cool. The divine order for witnessing is talk to God about mm-hmm. men, yep. then talk to men about God. And Absolutely. say, God, do a work there. So I'm walking back to the break room. Got a spring in my step. <laughs> and I, I'm in this break room with about 50 guys. Wow. It's a big printing company. Mm-hmm and a paper mill and all of a sudden the door flings open in comes charlie 
And he goes, hey, Gibson, why don't you tell me, tell these guys what you were telling me out there? Oh, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, awesome. And my heart starts pounding. Yeah. 100 miles an hour. I go, well, maybe they don't want to hear what we were talking about, <laughs> being right. real bold, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, yeah, what were you talking about? You know, yeah. the Bible says, don't be anxious mm. in the hour of need. When yeah. you're delivered up what to say, but the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Amen. And Amen. so I, uh, I just shared my testimony, and I shared the gospel. Wow. And uh, with this whole room full of guys that I was really reluctant. You know, right. when you start asking God to give you opportunities, you better be ready. You better be ready. Be ready. Absolutely. And uh, Jesus became more than a curse word. Nobody came walking down the aisle singing just as I am without a right. plea or right. giving their lives to Christ. But he was, mm -hmm. Jesus was more than a curse word that summer. And, That's awesome. And I looked at my job differently. Mm -hmm. I really didn't like that job. I bet. But... Uh, uh, but I, I, I ended up loving that job because mm -hmm. I wasn't. I realized I wasn't there to make a living. Right. I was there to make a difference. Absolutely. And I think when you go to school or whatever your job <clears throat> is, say, Lord, I'm yeah. not there just to get a paycheck or mm -hmm. make a living. That doesn't mean you're yeah. preaching at people, but you need to represent Christ. I'm going to bloom right where Christ has planted me, and and uh, I realized I was there to make a difference. And mm -hmm. a lot of guys came to the Lord and. Mm -hmm one of the toughest guys in the whole place who just despised me. I, I won't take time to tell that story, but it was just amazing. Uh, God awesome. opens doors for the gospel. And uh, mm -hmm. you come alive. You know, by, Paul says in Philemon, verse 6, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so mm -hmm. that you'll have a full understanding yeah. of every good thing you have in Christ. And, yeah, so. that's so awesome, Pastor yeah. Dave. And that, I love I did, even just that story. I think it, it's a testament to no matter where we're at. I mean, a lot of our listeners are interns or graduate assistants mm -hmm. at, at universities and I'm not at the plateau yet like I'm not at where I'm where I want to be but you're still at a place where you can be making a difference for the gospel and mm -hmm. I think that is I mean that's, that's an awesome testament right there well my I had a group of guys my senior year in college uh, I was the FCA president mm -hmm. on the campus we had yeah. about 3,000 students yeah and maybe 3,500 <clears throat> and we got together every morning my senior mm -hmm. year Except yeah. on weekends, we let ourselves sleep in <laughs> right, a little bit. Right. We prayed for an hour every wow. day that the Lord would give us a chance to share Jesus with every single person on that campus. Wow. And uh, wow. we saw that as our mission field, and not mm -hmm. just our football team, but right. the whole campus. It's so awesome. And we had an outreach uh, near the end of my senior year. We had over half our student body came to it. Wow. Hundreds of people came to Christ, and we were had Bible studies on every dorm on campus, and we were having people come to Jesus. It was just unbelievable. It was, a, it was a movement of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And uh, I think God can use our listeners, in, whether it's on an athletic team or be yeah. a guy like a Carter Coughlin mm -hmm. was a, with the New York Giants or yeah. like in my case, my college football team or mm -hmm. a whole campus that God can use us to yeah. really have a vision yeah. to lift up our eyes to see the fields that are white under the harvest. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's so true. And I, I think such an encouragement as well that we can be used for God's glory and for the, for the movement of the gospel, no matter where we are. Amen. Um, so, that's you know, the four qualifications that the apostle Paul had, first uh, Corinthians chapter two, to be an effective missionary or an effective witness. Let's he says, it. when I came to you, <clears throat> I didn't come with superiority of speech. Mm. He couldn't speak well. Yeah. He said he, he didn't think he could. I think he probably was pretty right, right. capable. <laughs> he said, I came in weakness. Yeah. I came in fear. Mm. 
and I came in much trembling. Wow. And uh, four qualifications right there. Can't there speak well, weakness, fear, much trembling. I think we can all qualify. My life verse really, Noah's uh, second uh, Corinthians uh, 12, mm. 7 and 9 there, where Paul yeah. says, my power is made perfect in your Jeez. weakness. Yeah. And Paul says, most gladly, therefore, I'll boast of my weaknesses that mm-hmm. the power of Christ might dwell in me. Yeah. So Paul, in that First Corinthians 2 passage, he says, so that your faith won't rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Oh, yeah. I determined yeah. to know nothing amongst you except Jesus, mm. Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, Amen. and risen, and uh, that there would be a demonstration of the Spirit and of power yeah. in our lives. And that's when life gets really exciting. You'll receive power, dynamis. That's where we get the mm. word dynamite. Oh, you receive yeah. power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and mm. you'll be my witnesses. Yeah. And uh, so it's really the Lord. He works through us. He works through us in our weakness. Don't feel like Absolutely. you've got to be a superstar yeah. witness and uh, just come in humility and say, God, use me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. he'll do great, mighty things that you don't even know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that is so true, Pastor Dave. And, man, it's kind of back to my point earlier about fear factor it can be a huge huge role player in us not sharing the gospel it can be a huge Mm -hmm. barrier um so just really allowing the spirit to lead you and then really not i mean the four qualifications right i mean that's that's not that hard to reach those i think we're all there right um so just really leaning into that and allowing the spirit to be the one that moves you to, to speak the way you do and um to share so that's that's you know, a great takeaway colossians 4 2 uh, right before he, he prayed for open doors, he said, be devoted to prayer, be watchful. Mm-hmm. That word watchful is gregoreo, yeah. uh, or be alert. Yeah. I think it's, I call it keep your spiritual antenna <clears throat> up yeah. uh, to opportunities. Absolutely. And the Lord will just prompt you, mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll sense when it's right. I was in yeah. a flying to uh, San Francisco with a businessman from the yeah. church, got into a hotel after midnight, we're tired, Oh, yeah. Checking in. Uh, there's this Indian woman behind the counter. Her name was Neela Padadar. still remember her name. Mm. And uh, I, we were just getting ready to grab the, our room key and go get some much-needed rest. Yeah. And it's like the Lord just prompted me. He said, you need to pray for her. Mm. And I said, Neela, you seem really discouraged. And she was uh, just had this forlorn look about her. Yeah. I said, there's something we can pray for you about before we mm. go to bed here tonight. And tears just welled up in her eyes, and she began to cry. Wow. And she said, my husband and I moved to the United States 10 years ago, and we bought two hotels. This was one of them. And, and uh, this past year, a man came into the fr- uh, lobby of our hotel and started destroying our property. Wow. And my husband went out to restrain him. And the man reached into his pocket, pulled out a gun, and shot my husband in the head. And uh, oh and she's crying, and we start crying. We're in just dis- disbelief. Yeah. And she, as she's telling the story, uh, their manager came out. Mm. And uh, the man turned the gun on the manager, shot the manager, killed the manager. And she said, my husband died in my arms. And uh, she was as empty and as hurting as mm. a person, and we were just in tears over this story. Yeah. I said, Neela, I don't even know what to say. Mm. Can we just pray for you? And we laid hands on this dear woman. Yeah. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. We said, Lord, would you be a God of mercy and a God of comfort? 
mm. and just comfort her in her affliction and yeah. just overwhelm her with your love and your mm. mercy and your grace. That you love her with an everlasting love. Yeah. Got done praying, had a prayer meeting that night. <laughs> yeah. And I said, Neela, has anybody ever shared with you how you can know the God we were just talking to in a personal way? She said, no, please do. Wow. And I said, wow. Well, let's, so I shared the gospel with her. Mm-hmm. And she's, it's like the lights went on. Yeah. She asked Christ into her life. Wow. And the tears of anguish turned into tears of joy. Mm. She said, God brought you to me tonight. You're wow. God's angel. Wow. And I said, well, I'm not an angel. Neela just asked my wife, Wendy. <laughs> no angel. <laughs> right. right. And, oh, uh, but she came around and hugged us. Mm. And said, I never worked the graveyard shift, the night shift. It's the first time I've ever worked the night shift, she said. Wow. And she, says, I, she, got, she said, God brought you to me. That's awesome. And uh, then we connected her up with a gal over at Krispy Kreams the next morning. We ran into this kitty who was all buzzed up. I thought she either had a lot of coffee and caffeine and donuts or she really loved Jesus. I said, kitty, you look like you really love Jesus. She says, I love him with all my heart. Oh, man. And so we connected kitty with Neela, and uh, it's really cool how God works. But tell you, life gets exciting. But, you know, we could have checked into the hotel. Thanks for the key. Good night. Yeah. Even said, God bless you. But. Totally but to have the opportunity, opportunity, mm-hmm. keep that spiritual antenna up, and life will get really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Pastor Dave, I mean, that story, I'm just, I mean, it's a great testament again to just how often do we miss those? I, I, always, I always think about that. Like, how often do we, do we miss those opportunities? So I think, I mean, first of all, the story is incredible, and I appreciate you sharing it. But I think, second of all, from a learning perspective for Myself and our listeners is we gotta have that antenna up all the time and be mm-hmm. ready. I mean, and just the joy that even you and, and your partner probably had seeing mm-hmm. the Lord use that conversation to change your life. I can't imagine that joy. I mean, it was just, unbelievable. We got on the elevator. <clears throat> Bill looked at me and says, "Dave, that was worth the whole trip. That yeah. was unbelievable. Wow, it was such a God thing. Absolutely. And when you're walking in the Spirit, and it's not that I'm not I'm nothing special. He's nothing special. We're just saying, Lord, yeah, just uh. Jesus. Open up a door Yeah. this day. Could you lead me to one lost sheep? And I've said that to people. I tell them I pray for the one person that God had put in my mm. life. And I've yeah. had so many people say, you know, I think I must be that person. That's so cool. So, not everybody responds right. uh, like that, and they aren't all that dramatic. And sometimes yeah. you just give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name and, or mm. a kind word. But uh, I always like to leave a little spiritual deposit with people. Absolutely. And, uh, have the hands and the feet mm. and the mouthpiece of Jesus wherever I go. Yeah. I even love what you said earlier. I think it was really insightful is, you know, sometimes you just almost have to prepare the heart of that person for the next conversation they have. Right. And almost just kind of be the, 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 the seed planter. Somebody else waters. Somebody else helps it grow and just this cycle of, of kind of that building that those bridges. So I think that's a great way to look at it too. Yeah. In the area of evangelism, there's a lot of cringe factor stuff out there. And, uh, I say two reasons people tend to not come to Christ. One is they don't know any Christians. Nobody's ever shared the good news of Jesus with them. And the other reason is they do know Christians. (laughs) That's so true. If that's what it is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, you've got to be willing to, when you're going through that process from moving it into a, the direction of a spiritual conversation, it, you're going to get to an awkward moment. Like when I'm sitting on the plane yeah, yeah. and I'm, I've kind of taken it from S-H-A-R 
Mm. And I'm getting to that E. It's, I, I call that the awkward moment. Right. And yeah. so we, my, my good buddy, Greg Steer, we, we all say, uh, awkward is awesome. Yeah. Just remember, awkward is awesome. You got to be. That's where you kind of step out there in faith, and they the aren't boldness. rejecting you. Yeah, yeah. They're rejecting Christ, and if you're respectful, you just show respect. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's a, also a great thing too. Just the boldness, right? It might be awkward, but yeah, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's just how it goes, right? See, hey, I really care about <laughs> you, and I. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, anyways, if you take time to get to know their story a little bit, build that redemptive bridge. Yeah. bridge from your heart to their heart, Jesus can walk across that bridge and mm. touch their life and change change their life. Definitely can, Pastor Dave, most definitely. And I you know, kind of mentioned it earlier, but apologetics is uh, sometimes a, a really important tool in a spiritual conversation. I've even just had multiple situations where you know I'm approaching a, a theist, uh, maybe a Muslim or somebody of that realm um, and then you approach an atheist and there's really it's not the same it, you don't approach those conversations the same way um, so you did a podcast with John Christensen a pastor here who was also on our podcast um, it's called ready to go r2g and you guys had a really cool episode um, a bunch of cool episodes but one that really stood out to me in which you dove in a little bit um, to how do you share you know the truth of, of Jesus Christ to an atheist so I'd mm-hmm. love to hear just even you know, how would you approach a, a theist conversation if you somebody you, you got to R and share, and they were like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Muslim, or I was, you know, I used to be a Christian, or something there, or if they're an atheist, how do you approach those conversations differently? You know, if you call me <clears throat> at uh, my office here at Grace and you say, uh, how do I get to the office? What's the first question I have to ask you? Where do you live? Yeah, where are you coming from? Yeah, and uh, I'll give you the try to get you to the final destination, but I want to start right where you are mm-hmm. and bring you. So yeah, it's not a one size fits all. I think you want to Super true. Uh, find out where people are coming from. That's why I ask questions. That's why Jesus asked questions. So uh, that's where the share process is really helpful. And you get down to religion and I, I have so many Somali drivers and oh, yeah. Ethiopian drivers and I, I find out what their religious background is mm-hmm. and, I've never found it helpful to uh, try to convince somebody that they're wrong. Yeah, and right. uh, to try to refute what they've—they're <clears throat> yeah. pretty entrenched in their worldview. So, absolutely, I, I try to use the truth, uh, but build a—you got to build that relational rapport again. That's that's a key. Mm-hmm. Um, ask questions. Yeah, find out what their worldview is, and that's where it's helpful to study and get like, like uh, the book you suggested or. Yeah. Uh, other books out there that are uh, on basic apologetics, knowing what you believe and why you believe yeah. it. If I uh, let me give you an example, I, I met a guy who was an atheist on an airplane. I didn't know that. Right. I was flying down to uh, uh, Fort Myers, going to Na- he was going to Naples mm-hmm. from the Twin Cities, and for almost an uh, hour and a half, we talked about Jeff. Yeah, he had a couple of scotches on the rocks and <laughs> kind of an eccentric-looking guy. Absolutely. And uh, I had a complimentary upgrade, so we're sitting in business. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a big Rolex on, and so I said, "Tell me your story, um, Jeff." And he lives in what Montana, mm. big ranch, sixty-acre ranch, and yeah. three dogs, no kids, a wife, educator. He's an architect working on a $16 million project in wow. in uh, Naples, mm-hmm. knows Dan Deerdorf and Al 
Michaels on Monday Night Football and back in the day. Yeah. And so we were talking about football. And st- mm. So we really built this really, it was just a great conversation. Totally. And I'm kind of moving it down. Yeah. And I said, hey, Jeff, do you, do you and your wife go to church or anything? And he snapped at me. Oh, wow. He says, I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, uh, That's funny. And it really animated I, I said, well, how do you really feel about that? Right. It's probably the Scotch is talking. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, the Lord says, uh, don't be anxious. He'll give you the words to say. I asked questions. I said, mm-hmm. uh, do you mind if I ask you how you came to that conclusion? And, uh, you know, there's, there's three barriers that non-believers typically have. They have emotional barriers mm-hmm. because of bad experiences. Yeah with Christians one. and organized religion. He grew up in an illegalistic upbringing, mm. gagging on it. Yeah. And uh, intellectual barriers because of bad information. Yeah. You know, people that grow up with an evolution kind of mindset and mm. the, the, there is no God in the equation. And yeah. so that's intellectual barriers. So overcoming an emotional barrier, I want to give them a good experience. If they had bad experiences with Christians and organized mm. religion, I want to give them a, build a redemptive bridge and give them yeah. a good experience. Absolutely. If they've got bad information with the intellectual barriers, I want to give them good information, mm-hmm. knowing what I believe, why I believe it, how to present the gospel, and knowing basic apologetics. Yeah. And the third is a volitional barrier. That's because of a bad nature. They're unregenerate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only way I can overcome that, we can overcome that, is the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah. the power of the gospel, which mm-hmm. is the power of God and salvation. Well, I, I said, you know... Uh, he was saying all the evil that's going on in the world, it's caused by mm. uh, organized religion, people killing each other in the name of God. And mm. you know, I grew up, and I said, well, what was your background? And he says, well, I grew up in a really legalistic home. And he says, every one of them's a hypocrite. They're all hypocrites. <laughs> and I said, Jeff, I don't totally disagree with you. Yeah. But I don't totally agree with you either. And I said, you and Jesus have a lot in common. Mm. And... Uh, you and I have a lot in common. Yeah. He said, what do you mean by that? And I said, uh, you know, Jesus was really disillusioned with church and or with religious, the religious community of the day. Yeah. And I grew up really gagging on organized religion myself, mm. disillusioned with church, and organized yeah. religion. I said, have you ever heard of the seven woes? And most Christians haven't. I, I said, in Matthew 23, <laughs> I said, yeah. Jesus was addressing the religious leaders of the day. He said, woe to you. Scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Mm. You're like whitewashed tombs. Outwardly, you look good. Inwardly, you're like dead men's bones. Mm. Called them a brood of vipers, a bunch of snakes. Yeah. And he said, one passage, your father's the devil. Mm. There's no truth in him. Yeah. Hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. And, and, and none of them were his followers, and they were the ones who wanted to rush him to the cross. Mm. And uh, his closest followers were tax collectors, Fishermen, farmers, architects. Yeah. Yeah. Just people like you and me. Definitely. And uh and Jesus was known as being a friend of sinners. Mm. He was accused of being a drunkard and a glutton and a friend of sinners. I always try to point people to Jesus because yeah. And I I started It's awesome. And I said, Do you, can I tell you what he did in my life? And he said, I'd like to hear that. And uh, so I shared my story how Christ had changed me. Grew, disillusion with church and organized religion, I kind of gave a little snapshot of my testimony. Mm. Yeah. 
And Christ totally changed me. Mm-hmm. He says, Dave, I like you. He said, normally if a person would talk to me about religion, I'd punch him in the mouth. <laughs> and I said, well, that's good to know. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. then he looked at me and he said, you know, I guess I don't have as big a problem with Jesus as I do organized religion. Mm. And uh, I said, you know, Jeff, that's a great place to start. Absolutely. So he probably went from a minus 10 on the angle scale to yeah. maybe minus 9. Right. So if you can look at it as a one-step process, mm. uh, it is helpful to study and to know totally. how to communicate. But I kind of met him right where he was yeah. and tried Absolutely. to find a point of identifying with him, mm-hmm. ask questions, ask, admire. What can I admire about him? And even yeah. like when I talked, I talked to a Mormon guy just last week on the plane. He had eight kids, 39 years old. I said, you're not spending all your time traveling. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've been yeah. on mission. I said, one of the things I really admire, so I ask questions and yeah. ask, admire. One of the things I really respect about uh, the Mormons is they're, they're devout. And they Super. train their kids and mm. will go on mission. And, yeah. uh, but then admit to, you know, but, but then I, here's, uh, we, we had, we were able to kind of build that rapport, but then, um, so I asked him to share his story and he says, Dave, tell me your story. Mm. So he really wanted to hear my story and I shared Super my testimony, cool. shared the gospel. Uh, my, our role is to share with people how to come to Christ. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's role is to convince them that they ought to come to Christ. Absolutely. Simply sharing Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then leave the results to God. Yeah. I, when I was in college, I got so zealous, man. I, I, I tried to play Holy Spirit in people's lives. I said, man, you got to pray the prayer, you know. Right. This and really, I just, yeah. I'm trying to pluck unripe fruit, you know. Absolutely. But, yeah. uh, you know, I learned to say, just mm-hmm. leave the results to God. Mm-hmm. Trust the power of the word. Yeah. His word won't return void, accomplishes the purpose it's set out to accomplish. Yeah. And the gospel is still the dynamis, mm. the dynamite, the power of God unto salvation to those yeah. who believe. Absolutely, so, Pastor Dave. Yeah. It's um, you know, I just I love the stories you you share because I think they're so applicable to situations that our listeners could be in. But I think even just learning, you know, how do you really effectively help somebody understand what you're articulating, what you're sharing? And I think one thing I've taken away from you today and and in the past is your knowledge of Scripture is mm. powerful. And as believers, we also need to have that knowledge of Scripture in order to share the things like, you know, the, the seven woes. I could, I could not tell you the seven woes right now. So, I mean, obviously, you just told them. But I think just even that having that knowledge base can be so powerful in, in that certain conversation. And you never know which ones you might need. And so really, I think just staying in the Word and really being connect, connected to the Spirit, I think, is, is a great strategy um, in you know, no, this question. So. No, I, that, you're just so right. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will recall to remembrance mm-hmm. all that he taught us. Yeah. How can we he recall to remembrance if I never put it there to begin with? Right. That's why I think scripture memory, mm-hmm. uh, just consume the word. When I That's what really the turning point where I really got passionate about sharing Christ is when I went through a real period of brokenness in college. I mm. had an incapacitating injury. Mm-hmm. I had gotten drunk and gotten in a fight with three guys. I was a brand new Christian, got saved when I was a senior in high school. I'm yeah. into this den of iniquity, 100 guys on a football team. Right. Most of them living like the devil, and I'm not in the Word. I'm not in fellowship. Yeah. Wondering if I was even a Christian. I got my knee busted up. Mm-hmm. It just really shook up my securities. Yeah. 
Then I got in a fight and got busted a cast I had on my leg. And yeah. um, I was as low as a snake's belly. Mm. Um, hitchhiking out of town. Ron Hess, the state director of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, picked me up hitchhiking. Wow. He had done some chapels for our football team. He said, mm. Dave, are you going to make your life count for Christ on campus? Wow. I said, man, Ron, I don't even know if I'm a Christian mm. the way I'm living. And uh, God really used that. And I went back in my dorm room after uh, I got back to school. And I got on my face before God. Mm. Yeah. And I was, I, I was as low as a snake's belly. I said, God, here's my life, the mess that it's in. Mm. If you can do anything with it, it's yeah. all yours. Yeah. I was just broken. Mm. God has to break a man before he takes a man. Totally. I pulled a Bible off the shelf that was collecting dust, a living Bible, as yeah. my mom had given me, and there was a note in the middle that said, when you get discouraged, start reading the Psalms. And I started reading the Psalms. It's like the Lord jumped off the pages at me yeah. and grabbed me and shook me up. Mm. And I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. And I started consuming the Word, and the Word of God started consuming me. Mm. So I'd started ta I took the Bible with me to the locker room, the bathroom, the weight room, everywhere I went. <laughs> That's awesome. And I just, two things, the Lord gave me a passion for his word and, and well, like my love for Jesus. And then I couldn't stop talking about it. Mm. A passion to start sharing Christ with other people. That's awesome. And it, it's those two things. I say, Lord, keep renewing that first love yeah. for you every day, for your word, your presence. Mm -hmm. And and it's out of the fullness of your heart that your mouth's going to speak. And, man, I, I just took my hand away from my mouth. And right. the, I was probably pretty obnoxious. <laughs> you know, I, I was just, yeah. I said, the yeah. Lord set me on fire and Absolutely. people watch me burn. Yeah. That's awesome. So. It is awesome. And I think, too, just re reminding us of uh, the first love of, of God's word and, and really of just him and being yeah. able to, to continuously have that. And restore that because it's easy to fall into a season of you know you kind of get out of touch. And yeah, it's, it's okay if that happens, but I mean, it's it's really important to get back in touch. So that's why we need each other. Mm. And I say to Fellowship. my kids, if you want to stay hot for God, hang around people that are on fire. Yeah, fellowship yeah. every day. Renew your first love mm -hmm. for Jesus, yeah. for His Word. Yeah, go deep intimacy with Christ, mm -hmm. understand your identity in Christ, and yeah. you'll grow in maturity in Christ. Absolutely. But then be active in sharing your faith. Yeah. And uh, Philemon, verse 6, one of my favorites in the NIV, it says, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith mm -hmm. so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing yeah. that you have in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. And you know it's every good thing you have. Is, it's kind of like in sports, man. you got to exercise, and it's... Mm -hmm. We get too much edification overdose, and the ch church is feed me, feed me, feed me. And, totally. But uh, we've got to exercise it, and that's yeah. where we put our faith on the line and absolutely true. be a good witness for Christ. Yeah, I always say, too, I mean, practice makes perfect. The more you yeah. you practice it, the more you, you really get yourself immersed yeah. in sharing your faith. I mean, you might have some slip-ups where you might, I don't know, mess it up or be nervous and, and stutter, and I don't know what could happen, but... The more you do it, the better you'll be, the same way you practice a sport or whatever it might be. Exactly. No, that's such a great point. You know, I, I say the best way to learn apol apologetics is go out and start sharing Christ. Yeah. Start sharing with someone you, yeah. you go, man, I didn't do that very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> you run into a Hindu or a Muslim right. or a Mormon or mm. an atheist, and you go, man, I better go check and study up on that one. But, <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, yeah. The, the Lord will help you. 
in those yeah. times when you you need it. But it, you're right. Practice, practice, practice. Absolutely. Yeah. And be be okay with failing, learning, or experience is the best teacher, the best learner. Yeah, that's right. Over time. That's right. Absolutely. You know, the gospel will be offensive to people. Yes. But but don't share the gospel offensively. That's well said. That's a I, great takeaway. Yeah, I don't want to be the offense. Mm. But, you know, people will sometimes stumble over Jesus. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed yeah. of the gospel. Romans it's one. the power of God Absolutely. unto salvation of those who believe. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah, and I think that's even just to your point, right, that the rejection aspect is... It, it, it might happen. It probably will happen. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, as long as you're not stumbling over you and they're stumbling over Christ, that's the best you can do. Well, I was just with a guy from our missions conference, uh, Jamal from the Middle East. Yeah. Came to Christ, radical Muslim. Wow. Got saved. His uncle was a teacher of Sharia law at the university in Jordan. Another one was a head of the Department of Religious Affairs and mm. Islamic Affairs Yeah, in that country. He came to Christ. His wow. uncles, he started becoming an aggressive evangelist, and his family heard about it. His father, his brothers, his uncles, they got him in a room, beat the living daylights out of him, broke his arm, oh knocked God. out four of his teeth. Uh, he was a bloody mess. They were burning him with cigarette butts all over his body. Oh, my God. And uh, they said, if you don't denounce your faith in Christ, uh, if you don't confess the Shahada, there's no God but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet, uh, we're going to kill you. And right as they were getting ready to kill him, they were, had a knife and the uncle had a massive heart attack right on top of Jamal. And he said the Lord spared his life. Wow. And uh, they rushed the uncle to the hospital and diverted their attention away from And there he laid in a pool of blood. The Lord spared his life, wow. and to this day, none of the family has come to Christ. He's got a little bit of a relationship with his sisters, but mm. he. Uh, wow. But he said, "When you come to Jesus, this is Jamal, and it's just so humbling." Mm. He says, "Make Matthew ten your contract with Jesus." Yeah. And uh, when Jesus says, "Don't be surprised if the world hates you," and, mm. and it's going to be those who live godly in Christ Jesus will mm. suffer persecution. Yeah. Yeah, we might not have to die for Jesus, but are we willing to pay the price even just to yeah. live for him? And, so you know, awesome. we live real cushy lives here in the... We do. And, uh, so, yeah. so. Oh, that's so true. And, I, man, I, I always think about for, for people that practice Islam, the challenge of coming to faith is beyond anything mm. we could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, it's It's such a family-oriented thing, but it's also just so welded into the culture that, I mean, it's it's nothing like what we experience here. Uh-huh. So I, that story is a, a, an incredible testimony. And I think for us, it may never be that serious, but it, it could be. And so mm-hmm. just being prepared um, mm-hmm. to, to face that persecution, it's, it's worth it. Um, Amen. It's, it's most definitely worth it. Amen. So, last question, Pastor Dave. I don't want to take too much of your time, but would love to hear just what do you do to follow up? You've had so many great stories. What's the follow-up process like? If you have a process, just what is... You know, because we, we can be sometimes transactional. How do we make sure that we are checking in, seeing how they're doing, um, making sure they're rooted in community or whatever that, that is? Just how do you follow up with these people? Great question. Um, and if you're sharing Christ with a lot of people, it really becomes a challenge. I've got a, on my phone a little template. I, I try to, first of all, do immediate follow-up with them yeah. while I'm there with them. 
Mm-hmm. I'll ask them to write down the date, put it in their Bible, mm-hmm. and tell somebody about this in the next 24 hours. Yeah. And I'll give them a 21-day challenge. I'll say, here's five things that are going to, I would just want to give you some practical steps on next steps and growing. Yeah. This isn't just about a decision for Jesus. It's becoming a disciple of Jesus. The word is really important. And then I'll give them a 21-day challenge. And the Gospel of John, I say, the whole Bible is a portrait of God mm-hmm. and and how God revealed himself through his son Jesus. And every yeah. book of the Bible has a picture of Jesus in it. Absolutely. So one of the most beautiful portraits of Jesus is the book of John. Mm-hmm. So I always use this, even when a, a person doesn't come to Christ, I'll give them a 21 day challenge. Yeah. And uh, the book of John, G, the purpose of that book, it says in John 20, 31, he says, mm-hmm. these things are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and you might have life in his name. Yeah. And that's the purpose of the book. And you'll find life. Read one chapter a day, 21 days to form a habit. Best habit mm-hmm. you'll ever form is yeah. reading the Bible every day. Absolutely. It'll change your life. Absolutely. The Bible isn't written to increase your knowledge. It's written to change your life. Yeah. Read one chapter a day and ask Jesus to speak to you, and you'll get to know Jesus better. Mm-hmm. So read the Bible for the next, and I give them a 21-day challenge to get them walking. Yeah. Uh, and then prayer is communicating with God mm-hmm. as he, he speaks to you through the Bible. You just talk to him. Tell yeah. him you love him. Worship him. Mm-hmm. Tell him you're sorry if you fail and confess yeah. your sins to him and mm-hmm. you know, share your requests. And uh, I'll, yeah. But I'll send you something that's going to really help you in your mm-hmm. next steps with the Lord. Fellowship is really important. Yeah, Getting together with other Christians, encourage them to get into a Bible study. And then uh, worship. And I, I do what I call a 24-hour call callback. I'll call them the next day mm. and see how they're doing. And then a seven-day callback appointment. That's awesome. Um, and see, invite them to come to a church. Mm-hmm. And if they're in town, I'll invite them to come to church. It, it's not a, they don't all follow through. And, right. you know, and some yeah. might even fall on shallow soil and thorny soil and rocky soil. So it's, uh, yeah. uh, but some will produce for 30, 60, 100 fold, then mm-hmm. witness for Christ. So I, I tell them those five things, uh, word, prayer, uh, fellowship, worship, and witness mm. for Christ. That's awesome. So then I get their email, I say, can we take a picture together? And, That's awesome. Uh, so I get a picture, I just had one with John on the airplane, and yeah. I just had a guy, uh, Venencia came to Christ last week from Brazil. Wow. And uh, I've got this little section called Discipleship Follow-Up. I'll show it to you. You're sitting right here yeah. with me. and uh, Love to see it. Yeah, and I've got a little template. So if, if I've gotten that level of conversation <laughs> with them, they're not, they are not yeah. uptight about a selfie together. You know? Right, right. So I said, hey, let me t- let's take a picture. I want to keep praying for you, and uh, I'll send it to you. So then I get their, te- their email or their yeah. cell phone number. Yeah, um, I love that. So I. That's amazing. Yeah, I've got hundreds. It's amazing. But I, then I keep them. That's my little prayer list. But then I. So like. There's uh, two Native American guys. I go, hey, well, and then I've got. Then I walk them through, and I've got links. Knowing God personally, something amazing. Startingwithgod.com. Mm. And I said, I'll send you some information that'll help you grow. Wow. in your next steps with Christ. So there's some great materials and resources out there. Mm-hmm. I want to get it in their hands. And uh, I'll send them a c- multiple texts or 
But in the end, then I'll try to, if I know somebody in that area that can follow them up, I'll, I'll try to pass it along to a church or something. Mm. I'm not great That's at awesome. it. It's not a foolproof <laughs> system, but That's I try awesome. to do the best I can. Yeah. And if you're, you've got a relationship with someone, it's mm. a lot easier to follow Absolutely. them up. But if it's, you're doing contact evangelism, sometimes it's a little more of a challenge. Yeah. So. That was awesome, Pastor David. I think that's incredible that you saved the photos and, and have, the, have, have all those in your notes. And I think, too, just even just reminding ourselves that it, it is the work of the Spirit, right? It is important to follow up 100%. Right. It is a work of the Spirit. And um, I love what you mentioned earlier. We can't, you know, force the gospel on people. We can't force the response. We can share, right. but the response is the power of the spirit. So I do love the follow up, though. And I think just even really helping people understand what's next, right? Because right. it's like, oh, cool, I've I've accepted, but now what? Right. <laughs> what does my life look like after this? And I think just providing even those those key points there, I think, really lays a good foundation. Mm-hmm. That's well said. Yeah, and there's some good resources out there, happy to make that available. And uh, I've got a little template because I was yeah. running into so many people. I, <laughs> I've got kind of, then I'll just change the name and it. kind of personalize it and they'll send the picture off. And, That's awesome. And stay in touch with some of them. And I get, uh, you know, uh, some of it falls along the wayside, you know, and I, I just leave that up to the Lord. Yeah, and uh, absolutely. That, uh, but I want to do the best I can to help mm-hmm. them get on a path of yeah. being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. You know, the good confidence we have is the Bible says, "He who began a good work in you mm-hmm. will bring it Crazy. to completion yeah. until the day of Christ Jesus." So, he's really done begun a good work in him. Mm. People, nobody really followed me up when I got saved. Yeah, I mean, I was a kind of a mess. I wish <laughs> yeah. somebody would have. Yeah. But I, the Lord still, yeah, uh, most definitely. Yeah, He said, "I'll never leave you or forsake you." So, mm-hmm. I'll try to give them assurance right away that uh, threefold promise, John ten, yeah. twenty seven uh, to twenty nine. There, He says, "My sheep will hear My voice and they'll follow Me." So, you want to follow Jesus? He says, "I give you eternal life. You'll never perish, and no one will snatch you out of My hand." Mm. So I said, you know, nobody's going to snatch you out of Jesus' hand. Yeah. And he says, and the Father who's greater than these, no one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. Mm. You're doubly secure in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I think that's even a, an encouragement just, yeah, for us as well, right? That you know, those, those tough moments can be challenging. And um, But, yeah, I think in terms of really just focusing on these, these individuals and, and how we can impact them, I think those reminders are so key, right, that this mm-hmm. good work will come to completion um, and it, it is just amazing. So, yeah. And in Philippians, he says, "Work, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, mm. for God is at work in you." Yeah. Both the work and the will for His good pleasure. It's kind of that yeah. dual responsibility. God's part is to work in me. Yeah. But I've got to kind of cultivate it. You know, discipline yourself. It's like the athlete. Discipline yourself mm-hmm. for the purpose of godliness. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely, Pastor yeah. Dave. Too. And yeah. It's it, it is one of those. I think. Um, you know, really being intentional with people, I think, is so key. I've always really been a big believer in intentionality. And I think if you do have a relationship with somebody and then they've accepted Christ, I think really being, you know, by their side is um, is so valuable. And you even mentioned that you, you didn't have that as much, but you, you could have used it. And I think it is just mm-hmm. having that intentionality post-sharing uh, can, be, can be awesome. But Pastor Dave, it was a blessing to have you on. Uh, I think all of us took a lot out of that and I really just am, am blown away at your faithfulness to the gospel, blown away at just how God has used you in so many cool circumstances and we just continue to wish you well 
as you serve here at Grace Church and around the world. Thank you, Noah. Can I leave you with a quote? Absolutely. Would love it. I love these radicals like Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. Oh, man. Love Charles Spurgeon. Um, well, I'll, I'll leave you with C.T. Studd. He was an athlete and uh, yeah. left fame and fortune, became a missionary out wow. of England. And he said, some people want to live within the sound of church and chapel bells. But as for me, I'd rather pitch a rescue tent within mm-hmm. a yard of hell. Lord, help me not to rust out. Help me not to glide through this life without blowing loud and long the trumpet of the gospel and our blessed Redeemer's return. Mm-hmm. At the very least, may there be a thanksgiving service in hell when the devil gets news of my departure from the field of battle. That's how I want to live my life. Yeah, Life's short. Hell is hot. Mm. I want to do everything I can to prevent people from going there. Yeah. Live my life to depopulate hell, mm. populate heaven Amen for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen to Amen. that. Amen. That's awesome, appreciate Pastor you, Dave. buddy. You're a, you inspire me. Back at you, Pastor Dave. Man, I appreciate you so much. This was awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks. Praise the Lord. Praise not the Lord. to us, not to us, O oh Lord, but to your name be the glory. Psalm 115, verse 1. Amen. Amen. He deserves the glory. All glory to him. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.